what brings people together is their experience of looking at the art. It's really interesting to see that there's no one artist that everyone loves, but everyone is drawn to something different. Some element of that work speaks to them. And it's that experience of discovery that I think brings people together. This is Studio Confessions, the art podcast. I am your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Listen in for conversations with artists and culture makers alike as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. Hi, Sophie. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you're an artist? I am not an artist. What I'm do you actually... do? Do you know an artist? <laughs> do you know, what, what's happening here? I'm actually, I was a musician and I am a musician um, and I work with lots of artists. You do work with a lot of artists. Wait, you play the organ, is that right? Yes. <laughs> How did that happen? I, I mean, that's fascinating. <laughs> I know. I, that's sort of my um, secret you know when you have to answer questions and they say, tell us two facts and a lie or something? I always use the organ. It's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the other one? Um, oh, I, mean, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know, we'll know. So you work yeah. with artists. Yes. How yes. long have you been working with artists? I've been working with artists for about eight years now. Wow. Yeah, it's and it, what interesting. Capacity. <laughs> You've survived. You're smiling. Yes. People always say that. They say, how is it working with artists? But... I have loved working with artists. I think it's a very human-to-human interaction rather than perhaps working with organizations like galleries. So I, I love it. How did that happen? Did you have an experience as a child or in school that kind of just cemented the idea of working with artists or creative people? Well, on a more personal note, my mom is, my mother, is very, um, she's a very creative person. She's an artist. And so I think I've always been surrounded by art, painting, in particular and she would take me she took me to Venice when I was very young we went to the Peggy Guggenheim and looked at the sort of Byzantine Renaissance art I think I was about 10 which is amazing and so from my childhood I've always had been sort of surrounded by art and I think that pushed me in that sort of direction without me even me realizing does she still make art now yes she's such a creative person she's one of those people who creates in so many different directions. Yes. <laughs> She's painting, illustrating, writing, just everything. That's amazing. Mm. What are some of the artworks that you saw on that trip that you still remember? I remember going into some of the churches, seeing the Byzantine icons. The imagery is just so striking and so, in some ways, otherworldly and unusual really stuck with me those images but then the Peggy Guggenheim exhibition as well it's such an amazing space yeah so beautiful what's what's gonna happen to it (laughs) (laughs) I'm really worried I know well we went to the Biennale this year and on trip after the one after our Brooklyn fair and it was completely flooded and it was so shocking to see I I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's hard to deny, huh? Yeah, and in some ways it feels so part of the city. It's almost, it's so historic to see it like that. But on the other hand, it's shocking and sad. Right. Now you mentioned the fair. What fair are you talking about? (laughs) Talking about the other art fair. That's right. (laughs) You are affiliated with the other art fair. You are the? I'm the fair director. That's right. And I run the 
Brooklyn, Chicago, and Toronto editions of the fair. Wow. So you're kind of like, you live in the air somewhere. You kind of just go wherever you need to be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do a lot of traveling and meeting a lot of people in those cities, which is amazing. Wow, that must be amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I'm, I'm wondering, there must be some idiosyncratic differences in the artists you meet in New York, Chicago, or Sydney, because you've worked in Sydney as well. Um, what are some of the things that stick out? Yes, it's interesting. It's something I think about a lot, especially when I'm approaching new cities. Like We're launching Toronto this year, so I'm taking so a new exciting. approach for that. <laughs> but yeah, over the years, I have worked on the London Fair, but moved on to developing the fairs in Sydney on Australia. I was working with the team there, um, but then moved on to our US fairs where I was actually leading leading the teams there and had to, to define what the fair was and the direction for our programming and curation. So what was that process like? <laughs> like what, 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 was, what were the important points that you thought about? The ethos of the fair is always the same. It's all about the artist. Mm. So that is the first, the sort of the starting place for me. Um, it's all about a platform for artists to represent themselves. They take the space, to curate the work, to price the work, which is a practical but very important element. Absolutely. Um, and decide how they're going to present themselves as artists. But alongside that, I look at the cities and try and create programming that complements the area that we're in. For example, in our Chicago fair, we launched at Mana Contemporary in Pilsen. Wow. And Pilsen is such an incredible neighborhood. It has its own culture within Chicago. And people, the communities there were so proud of that. And we wanted to be part of it, respect it, work with them, as well as bringing something new. So that's a challenge coming from the outside. But that's an amazing. exciting challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, especially in a place so iconic like New York, and we were speaking about it a little bit before mm. we started recording, that, you know, in New York, it's such, um, it's such an iconic place, and it's such a badge of honor to say, oh, I lived in New York, I, I was an artist in New York. And as far as even selling your wares on the street is such a badass thing to do, you know, um, that maybe doesn't happen in other cities or isn't looked at as a part of the artistic process, right? Do you think that there's that mentality of like, oh, I can't leave New York, I can't leave Sydney, I can't leave Chicago because it feeds my art or it is my art. Do you think there's that kind of, um, not to ter territorialness, but maybe that identity connection? Yes, there certainly is. I think particularly in New York and even in Brooklyn, we've been working, Absolutely, the fair right? takes place in Greenpoint. What's so. that all about? <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I would love to do a fair in Manhattan. That's sort of a, a dream one day. But yeah, at the moment, the fair takes place in Greenpoint. It's an amazing neighborhood. And there's certainly a lot of identity within that space. And we have artists that, I mean, they literally live blocks away from the venue, which is amazing. So they kind of bring that neighborhood feel and so many of our visitors that come to the brooklyn fair are local they return every six months they mm. return to the fair and they enjoy meeting our artists building relationships directly with those exhibitors which is amazing i really feel as though the brooklyn fairs community has just taken off with so much momentum and i would love to create similar momentum in chicago and in toronto now, I've only been to the one here in Brooklyn. I've participated in the one in Brooklyn. Um, there is definitely a palpable sense of excitement. And, and I love going back because it's always 
something different that the artists have caught in the zeitgeist. I remember once there was a lot of collage. Mm. Another year, year there was a lot of collage, but it was uh, computer generated. This time around, <laughs> it, there was a lot of painting. And it, yes. it was such an interesting thing to see how things fluctuate depending on, I don't know, whatever factors. But have you seen that? Yes, absolutely. So one of my favorite parts of this job is seeing who applies for the fair. We spend a lot of time talking to studios and reaching out to artists, but eventually it just comes down to which artists apply for the fair. So seeing those applications come in, seeing which artists apply this it's really exciting. And there's certainly waves, I think, as you say. So, um, I remember at the fair when we had a lot of collage artists. Um, yeah, I was one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we always try and have some form of variety, but there's definitely trends that come through, and we try yeah. to embrace that. And working on the fair for almost 10 years, have you gotten to see artists' careers develop and change over time? What's that like? Yes. Absolutely. It's been interesting because the fair sort of started as a platform for launching artists' careers. Mm. And over time, we've seen that, yes, some artists have started with the fair and then been picked up by galleries and gone on and not returned to the fair, which is fine. We absolutely want our artists to go on um, with their career. But we've also seen artists that return to the fair, even though they are successful as independent artists, they use the fair as a regular platform to perhaps showcase new work, travel to new cities. It's very much part of their career. And that was something that we perhaps hadn't fully anticipated. I think as the art world's changed over the last decade, the art, the way that artists could use this fair has changed as well. So that's been really exciting to see. And then occasionally we have artists that perhaps did the fair five years ago, have worked with galleries, done various residencies commissions and then come back to the fair to see the application come through and it's it's really exciting yeah it's really exciting to see people that you recognize over and yeah. over you know also i'm really excited about what you guys do as well with before the fair you guys have like a workshop for artists right mm, yeah so you're kind of prepping them up yes which is kind of unheard of you don't see that too often uh, at least not in fairs what um is the aim of that well, we know that to take part in the fair is not an insignificant undertaking for artists in terms of time, resources, the financial side of it. So we want to ensure that they're as prepared as possible for the three and a half days on site. And we always say it's not just about the time on site, it's about the time before and the momentum that builds after the fair, which is something we've seen as artists come back. They say this these opportunities came out of the fair three, six months after participating. So the purpose of the workshop is to help artists prepare to bring their work to the fair, the sort of the logistics side of it, but also talk about the bigger picture and why doing the fair is such a valuable tool for their career. That's such an important part, I think, you know, as, as you're an artist, especially if you're young or if you're old and you're antsy, um, you want immediate results. Yes. <laughs> That's something that we see a lot on site. And morale is so important. Oh, and goodness. I completely yes. empathize with artists that have perhaps have not shown affairs or shown exhibitions before. Um, putting yourself out there, standing in front of your work, 
and watching people walk past. I think people are not particularly discreet with their thoughts and right. ideas. I've literally seen people pull faces because they don't <laughs> agree with the work they sure, see. And sure. um, so it's it's, it's a hard process, thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, some of the artists I think really embrace it and love that immediate response. And for many, it's I think it'd be hard for most people to stand there. So it's really important not to expect immediate gratification and see the see the big picture yeah I, I, I um, I've spoken to a lot of artists who had opportunities come like you said six months six weeks even a year later uh, but someone sees something and they'll take your card they'll take a picture and uh, they follow you on Instagram and there's a connection made, yeah right and I think it's also really interesting how artists can kind of create their own tour right if they want to go to Toronto now which I'm amazed and super <laughs> thrilled by that. Um, Chicago, even Sydney. Like, you can create your own tour, fun yes. your own tour. And yes, and that's a really exciting element of the fair. And we've seen a lot of artists, perhaps, who've done a few editions of the fair in London, and they've built up their following there, and now they want to launch in a new market. And this is an amazing opportunity to showcase in a city like New York. What would you say is the ideal um, artist to apply to the fair? Is there a, a certain type or are there certain qualities that would most benefit a, a type of artist? Well, we are always looking for artists that are inspired by their practice, creating mm, something sure. original and exciting for our visitors and our audience to enjoy. But on a more practical side, artists that are professional will showcase their work properly and carefully. Our audience sort of trust the other art fair. The other art fair is almost acting like a gallery. So we need our artists to be showing their work in a, in a professional way. Yeah. So we're looking for artists that take their practice seriously. They have a focus. I think there's a, there is an, there's a tendency with artists, if they are not sort of working with a gallery, they can lose focus and try and do too much. They have so many creative ideas, which is amazing definitely want that creativity and experimental side but that doesn't mean you need to put it all out there in one right. go and that's what i see a lot of is yeah. the artists that aren't really clear on where their practice is taking them and that comes out just looking quite unprofessional and perhaps not looking after the work that they've already created so you can't build up a collector database if you are not consistent with your pricing or what you're creating or how you're creating it where you're showing it so now that the fair is established and we it's very competitive for artists to get in we are looking for artists that are professional in that way yeah and it's amazing to even just go to the fair before you apply to kind of really see because yeah. there's a lot of self-editing that that i think your emotion overruns or like oh it's so much money and i need to do it i need to put it all out there yes, or something, you definitely. know um but a well-curated show looks so much more appealing and uh, yeah having, having said that though we always welcome artists that are perhaps a bit uh, experimental and kooky and quirky because we are the other out there i think there's also a tendency for artists to be so polished in ah, the days of sort of instagram and websites they're all, they're so good at branding <laughs> <laughs> that it's always too good and we like to have the, the kind of the unusual to Especially in places like Brooklyn. Our audience are quirky, so... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> They're looking yeah. for something fun and interesting and experimental. 
Well, let me ask you. I mean, I think you have a very academic background. You studied art history um, and all that fun stuff. And working with artists, it's almost like you really have to work with both sides of the coin, right? You have to be professional and, and rigid almost to edit things. And then you have to be really open and fluid to work with these quirks and bring the best out of it. What is that like? Was that something that you learned or something that you naturally have as a person? I think it comes from talking to the artists directly and following that conversation that you have when you stand in front of the work. Mm. And that's mm -hmm. why I love the fair because it is a genuine interaction with the creator of the work. So bringing in, as you say, a more traditional art history approach, sometimes that's relevant, sometimes it doesn't even come into the conversation, but it is definitely shaped by the artist that I'm talking to. And we have such a range of artists. Some do take from art history in a really surprising way, and I, I love discovering that. And some just much more following an inherent idea that comes from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love your journey. I think your journey gives you uh, so much credibility. The fact that your mother is an artist and, and that you've been exposed to so much art, not only professionally, but also as part of your life. Um, I don't know, it makes me want to like totally trust you, you know what I mean? Because you have... Um, both perspectives, which is so important, which can be lost in a traditional gallery. Hey, why so quiet? Let me know your take on the talk. Go to studioconfessions.com and reach out. Or even better, leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on. It goes a long way. Want to see some visuals to the essence of the conversation? Go to Instagram and follow the show at Podcast to see some shareable quotes from the conversation and more. You can also follow me at Art Engineer to see some of my work and an insight look at my creative practice and studio. Now let's get back to the conversation. In speaking about these quirky projects, you've worked with quite a few artists on specific projects for the fair. Yes. Some tattooing in the <laughs> yes. dark, I don't know. It makes me laugh because I'm not really that sort of person. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like there are projects are more extreme than I am I mean I don't have tattoos <laughs> we did this project with the artist Mike Perry called get nude get drawn and it was looking at sort of challenging the idea of life drawing the tradition of life drawing and putting our visitor into that spot where they face a group of artists and as the model and these artists draw them um so it was interesting thinking about doing that and at first because of the style of Mike Perry is kind of playful and spontaneous. I saw it as a playful feature, but actually, it as it was in some ways. But in others, when you when you speak to Mike about it, the experience for people to come in and reveal themselves in that way was that is is quite profound and life changing. Absolutely. So it sort of took on another level, which was. Great, and I was so pleased that we could bring it to the fair as well. Yeah, and it's so important to have these challenging projects because it's the type of thing that you can't put on Instagram. And it's yeah. the type of thing that would get censored and then it's out of the conversation. So to have these conversations in a real space, 
is so meaningful for the people involved, you know? Yeah. I, I did walk by it and I was like, no, thank you. But I love <laughs> the idea, you know? That's, that's, I'm glad somebody's doing it, you know? Yeah, well, th that was an example of project where I'm not sure, I mean, within the context of the fair, I was kind of in a professional mindset, so I just couldn't quite do it. But maybe in other times I would, but the projects I do are challenging f for me personally, <laughs> as well as our audience, which is, it's nice and we, we're very collaborative as a team. So everyone comes up with different ideas and we follow which ones we like the look of, which ones work for the fair. Well, I brought up the tattoo because the year that I participated, there, were, um, there was a raffle and someone yes. would a <laughs> mystery tattoo. They would put it through a hole and then it would just come up, I think. And uh, I, had a, I have a friend who doesn't have tattoos either, but she thought, oh, I had a drink. I'll throw in my name. And she was called. <laughs> Panicked, freaked out, didn't get a tattoo. I think I remember this. <laughs> but I thought that was brilliant. Like, again, you put her in a, in, a, in a funny position. She had to think. And that's great. You know, yeah. so it's really exciting. You mentioned your team as a collaborative uh, endeavor. And I must say, I've, I've been in a few fairs. And the one thing I walked away with was how cohesive and collaborative it felt like every everyone who worked was working together there there didn't seem to be any hierarchy and everyone was particularly young yeah and I thought wow like this really gives a certain effervescence to it um can you tell me a little bit about how that happens yes I think it genuinely comes down down to the passion that the team feel about the fair it's not it's quite an intense experience to be working on the first particularly now we're traveling we often stay together in airbnbs <laughs> it's very it feels quite grassroots in many ways so once you get to the moment of opening the fair or coming on site and the artists are setting up it's it, there's been so much build up to that point as a team that when we meet the artists and meet our visitors there's really the combination of all of that so i think that's why it comes across to artists that are exhibiting in that in that way in terms of the team itself i think we're quite unusual in that we are still the, the original um, the original team is still working on the fair so a few years ago we were acquired by the company that also owns Saatchi art and they're based in la but our london team is still very much sort of the core of the fair we've just grown with it that's amazing <laughs> yeah i remember i met emma yeah who was just this most helpful and sweetest person also Lara yes are they still with you they're still with they're, us that's amazing <laughs> I mean so it only adds to that whole continuity you know of, of the journey yeah which is really fun so if someone does go to Toronto they're not going to be alone they'll, they'll recognize faces and they'll feel a little bit more of a safe space actually that's exactly what it felt like it felt like a safe space you're like yeah you know you're, you're putting yourself out there you know Yes, and I think that comes from our exhibitors as well. I'm always amazed by how supportive the community of artists are on site. And now we've done quite a few editions of the fair. There's a f quite a few returning artists that know each other, which I sometimes think might be intimidating for new exhibitors. Because <laughs> sure. they step on site and they must think, well, how does everyone already know each other? We've only just arrived. But it's a really friendly atmosphere. It really which is. It's amazing considering yeah. you are in booths next to each other trying to sell your work and that's one of the key elements of the fair, but there doesn't seem to be really any competition. It's just very supportive. And I think that comes from the unique experience of the fair, apart from perhaps open studios, when else do artists have a chance to 
be together and sort of share that experience yeah. together. And, and you're literally standing in front of your work for hours. So you, yes. you need that spotter so you can go to the restroom, get the caffeine, yeah. you get the caffeine uh, boost or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, the people that I met when I participated, I'm still friends with and I still communicate on Instagram. And I mean, it's insane because I, I, I showed my work and blah, blah, blah. And then I started buying art, you know? Yes. And I was like, no, <laughs> the wrong, wrong way. Um, but it's really fun. What, what does your house look like? I'm wondering. Are, are, do you keep bare white walls or are you insanely overflowing with art? Well, yes, I have quite a lot. And it's hard not to get carried away when I'm at the fair. Um, there's, yeah, I've collected quite a lot over the years, but I, I love that each, I remember someone once said to me, you'll never regret buying the work, you'll regret not buying it, which I don't know if it's true, that's just an <laughs> I don't excuse. I helpful that is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've got pieces from artists in Australia and LA and of course Brooklyn and Chicago and London. Uh, each piece is really special and I love looking at it. Yeah, what a trajectory, what a portfolio. Along the way, have you come across any issues that are in the art world? The journey of having an art fair is dealing with the artist, but has the subject in the work or the zeitgeist issues like Me Too, anything like that, have you noticed or experienced? Yes, I mean, we always, always try and sort of engage with the issues that the art world is facing, whether it is, as you say, the Me Too or the environment, the green element, um, it's a big and diversity in the art world. I think a issue for us as a fair is the expectations that people place on the fair and what our purpose is. Mm -hmm. We are not a charity or publicly funded organization. We're a business and our, we have to charge prices for our booths. And we try to keep that as affordable as possible for artists whilst maintaining a professional standard. So even when it comes down to sort of the logistics of good walling and good lighting, which is not, <laughs> Very important, not exciting, but it, that is important to showcase the work properly. And I think people look at the fair expecting a lot from us, which is amazing. And we want to try and live up to that as much as possible, but we also have to be practical about which artists are able to do the fair. And it's, that is an, is an interesting issue for us. We are, very inclusive and accessible for our visitors our team and our artists and i think we are leading the way in many ways we've always been very strong on our diversity with um we had i think it was 33 percent diversity diverse artists at the last november fair which is amazing considering the stats the rest of the art world but there are still barriers to entry with the price so that's something I would like to look at in future. Many of our artists crowdfund their stands, which is amazing. I love the idea of crowdsourcing because you sort of build up your own audience and supportive network before you even come on site as an exhibitor. Um, but I'd like to look at other programs, grants, scholarships, that sort of thing. And then I think the fair can truly be engaging with these issues. As far as growing the fair what other cities do you have in mind Latin America what other <laughs> cities do you have in mind um, honestly there's a few cities at the moment I there's there's always discussions about various cities artists always ask us about Miami 
Why? and Basel. But that's <laughs> no, not really one of our serious <laughs> contenders. Yeah, that's going to be my next question. What are we going to do about this damn banana? But no, please continue. Yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of open at the moment. We'll have to, I'll have to keep you posted. Well, what an exciting um, question to have, right? What, where should we go next? Do you do much traveling for pleasure? Because I know you're always traveling for work. So do you, where do you go when you have... When you don't have to set up a tenter. <laughs> <laughs> well, since working on the East Coast, I've been traveling a lot in the US, which, as you can tell, I'm British. So that was... Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was... I love traveling some of the other cities. Went to Santa Fe recently, saw all the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. That was in, and just the, the buildings there, that was incredible. But in terms of travel, personal travel, mainly, I mean, I just love Italy. So that would be the place that I would go. <laughs> I have a trip coming up to Assisi soon and wow. went to the Venice Biennale recently. So, yeah. What's your favorite little town, little spot in Italy? Oh, I couldn't say. I mean, I love Luca, San Gimignano, Florence. Everyone loves Florence. <laughs> but there's a reason why. I, yeah, there's just so many incredible churches there and the frescoes. Just kind of going back to my art history roots. I love that. In thinking about you, you and looking at your uh, what you do, there's a great sense of generosity of yourself. Uh, you're also a mentor, or were a mentor. Yes. Are a mentor? Yes. I, I love, I just love working with artists, and it's interesting to work with the schools and organizations in the art world at sort of a more graduate level. So I've been working with the University of Arts London, for quite a few years now, I mentor graduate students and also teach short courses, professional courses to artists through UAL. And it's, it's interesting coming from that perspective because they are focused on the actual teaching of art rather than the professional development. But mm -hmm. that is a side of things that they are working on and need to bring out. Um, it's more and more important to be giving their students these practical tools as well as the art education. So I've been working on that. And I mentor a new ink, a link to the new museum, which is fascinating. It's the people there are really pushing art and technology in completely different ways. <laughs> I mean, some of it's way beyond what I'm familiar with. So I'm kind of learning as much as anyone else, really. That sounds so exciting. Now, you work with so many artists in so many places. What do you think, in your opinion, are some of the similarities that can bring us together? I mean, we're, we're in such a divisive moment. How can art give us some levity? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think just seeing our audience come into the fair, we have such a varied audience in some ways, perhaps not in others, I think, in terms of how people feel about the world and their political opinions probably more aligned. But in terms of ages and backgrounds and interests and approaches to the art world, it is quite a varied audience. We try and be as welcoming and accessible as possible. And I, what brings people together is their experience of looking at the art and see, finding and discovering what they personally like. It's really interesting to see that there's no one artist that everyone loves, but out of 130 artists at each fair, everyone is drawn to something different. Some element of that work speaks to them. 
and it's that experience of discovery that I think brings people together. They enjoy finding something new, talking to the artists, and that that is what I think brings our audience together. And it's it's definitely, as I say, it's not all about the same artist and the same artwork. I think that's that's what people love. Absolutely. I mean, from a capitalist perspective, there's a market for everything, right? Yeah. But more to the point of you providing this journey for people to kind of come together and find themselves in this space is a great opportunity. Um, and I think the differences between people's opinions is brings them together. So, which is sometimes it's it's surprising or it's even funny. You don't know. I mean, even within the team, we have different opinions, and some of us will love certain pieces, and others will definitely disagree. But that's the magic of it. What artists are you looking at at the moment? A few artists that I'm following at the moment. I. Love the work of Jordan Castile. She's an artist that I've been following for a while. And I saw her do a talk at Soho House, actually. And she was talking about her portraits and how she approaches sitters. She finds people out and about in New York and the way she approaches them and then creates portraits of them. Uh, I just love that her style and her approach and when I was in Denver recently I saw her first solo show at the Denver Art Museum I didn't even know it was it was on I was only in Denver for a day and came across her work so I was so excited to see that so I'm following her at the moment back in the UK where I've just been um everyone's very excited about the Cara Walker show at Tate so I haven't actually had a chance to go and see the installation but it looks incredible and obviously you've seen so many photos like I can't wait to go and check it out if anyone listening is heading over sea now to London where should they stop first that's a good question we have so many amazing galleries I know people would say that about New York as well um honestly I think the Cara Walker installation at the Tate I would definitely not I wouldn't miss that but this is the season with a lot of exhibitions coming up so go and check out yeah, the Royal Academy, the Portrait Gallery, so much happening right now. And a lot of the museums are free, right? Yes, which is incredible and something I fully appreciated when I moved to New York and realized <laughs> I was spending $25 a ticket. Yes. So to close, I'm just wondering if you could project yourself 30, 40 years from now and you're on the beach kicking off your shoes, Looking back at this journey with the other art fair, what was your takeaway, do you think? It's a good question. Particularly as even now I'm looking back at my time at the fair. I can't believe how long I've been working at the fair. (laughs) Um, But I think just all of the experiences in different cities have been amazing and sharing those experiences with the same people so you're sort of grounded by being with those people the team or the artists but you're in a completely different city and meeting people there that has been amazing and i'm excited to carry on doing that sophie thank you so much for sitting with me and visiting thank you i appreciate your work that's it thanks for listening if you've heard something that moved you please share it You are the candle that can ignite a thousand flames. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer, sharing with you what moves me.